0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm Tyler, and on the other end of the line, as usual, is my co-host, Curtis. You guys can follow us on Twitter at Glory underscore UGA. You can email us at Podcast at gmail.com, and you can check us out on our Glory UJ Podcast Facebook page as well. Uh, always, guys, we welcome you to share your thoughts on the show in general and uh, the specific to- topics we discuss on the show as well. We always love to get your take and appreciate the discussion. Uh, Clearly, if you are listening to the show right now, you are listening to it on some podcasting platform or another, something out there. But just a heads up to our newer listeners that you can find our show on iTunes, SoundCloud, and the Stitcher and TuneIn apps, of course, in addition to Dog Sports Radio, their app, and also their website. Uh, So there's a number of options out there to hopefully make the show as seamless as possible for you to access on your preferred platform. Uh, also, one more quick thing here: if you are a fan of the show, don't forget to subscribe, to review, and share the links of our show. Uh, this podcast has grown—I I know, at least speaking for myself—way more than I ever thought possible when we first started. What was it about two and a half, about almost three years ago now? Does that sound right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but three years ago. So we owe so much of that to all of you loyal listeners out there. So we very sincerely appreciate your support in listening to and spreading the word about the show. As for today's show. Curtis and I had a chance to make it out to the stadium on what was a beautiful Saturday afternoon to take in the open practice for Fan Day. Uh, I know there has been some unrest out there about the change to Fan Day with no pitchers and the like and uh, just a shorter time to actually interact with the coaching staff and the players. But again, just speaking for me, I'm just one guy, but for me, I have absolutely loved the opportunity to take in a full practice the last two years. As I find that to be much more interesting and insightful than even G-Day. I mean, really, I, I, get, I get more of this one-open practice than I do out of watching entire spring scrimmage like that. And I, and I know it's a matter of perspective, but I, for one, welcome and appreciate Kirby's approach to Fan Day. Kurt, where do you stay on that? Are, are you kind of on my side here, or are you going to throw in some of the old-school guys who prefer the old way that we had under Rick for so many years? I
1: um, honestly just prefer watching the practice. I mean... All that extra stuff really doesn't matter unless you have kids or something. I mean, right, other than that, if you're actually a fan of the Georgia football and just want to actually get to you know get an idea of what's going on with the team and things like that, then what we had uh, yesterday, or Saturday was perfect.
0: Yeah, it's so invaluable. I mean, look, I don't have kids. You don't have kids, obviously. Uh, you don't even need me to tell you that. So our perspective is a little different than someone who has a, a large family and they want to bring the kids up. And I get that. Uh, you want to get the kids in. They want to see their heroes, the players, and kind of – it does kind of help build your brain. I get that argument, but look if if you're talking about learning more about the team, I I can't imagine a better way than actually going to sit through an entire practice. And as, as a football junkie, like it's it's awesome. We never got that opportunity under under Rick. Um, so th- to me, I, I welcome it, and I hope it kind of continues on in the future. Um, well, in today's show, uh, what we're going to focus on is that open practice with what what would you say is about. Maybe a 1,500 people there in attendance?
1: Oh, probably, yeah, around there.
0: Yeah, somewhere around there. So today's show, since there weren't that many people in attendance, we thought we would share our observations from that open practice. I did tweet out a few things that stood out to me uh, Saturday night after the practice, after I got home, uh, and there seemed to be a good response to that. So we figured what we would do today is kind of go into much more detail of what we saw at that practice. But before we do that, though, I, I do – Wanna put a disclaimer out there that guys this was one practice. We definitely saw a lot of things, and there's definitely some takeaways that you that you can bring from this practice, but it was one practice and it's one practice that's still very early on in camping, mean, still within the first week of camp. I mean what was that was that their second day with full pads? Uh yeah. yeah I think a second day with full pads. So still very, very early in camp. A lot of developments that can take place. So what was true maybe or at least what we saw might not be true a week or two from now. Guys are going to develop. That Guys are going to move up. So definitely want to make sure to put that out there. A lot of the young guys are still trying to figure things out. So it's hard to draw any definitive conclusions. But like I said, I do believe there are a number of things that one can take away from this practice. And also the way we structure practice um, and really the way any just even high school team, any college team structures practice, there's a lot of things going on at all times. And I would say the pace was definitely picked up from any practice that I've ever been a part of, um, what I'm used to seeing. So there's a lot of things going on uh, at any one given time uh, and also on different ends of the field. So it really is impossible for one person to see everything. You just can't because there's multiple things going on in different parts of the field at every single moment. So uh, so just putting that out there. And Curtis and I, we did sit in different parts of the stadium, so hopefully between the two of us we can cover most of what went on. Maybe what I was watching, Curtis uh, wasn't watching, he was watching something else. So hopefully we can cover most of what was going on. And of course, uh, there's still always the matter of interpretation. Different people can watch the same event and take different things away from it. So, what we detail here today is our evaluation and interpretation of what we saw. Just ours, no one else's. It's what we saw. Doesn't mean we're right, doesn't mean we're wrong. We just want to give you our take and what we saw. We thought some of you guys might appreciate that. So, with that disclaimer out of the way, Kurt, let's go ahead and move into the discussion of what we saw at the open practice on Saturday. Now, I want to start with our biggest kind of generalized takeaways, Kurt. So, I'll start with you, my man. Uh, What was your maybe one big takeaway in general from this open practice?
1: Um, To me, I think the biggest thing is just uh, how much our defense has improved.
0: All right, so dig into that a little bit more. What did you see defensively that that kind of – was a positive uh, development. One in thing that
1: really got me about our defense, I saw that I didn't see as much last year, but I think our speed has increased overall in the defense. Um, a lot of the guys are flying to the ball a lot quicker than I've seen in the past.
0: Yeah, I, I, you definitely so did it's see that.
1: Like, it's, it's, I would say this is for the team as an all, for the uh, sense of urgency has really picked up for the team. That, for the whole team, but you see it a lot in the defense way. Because I mean, I think they're going to be really good, and you could just see the speed that they're playing at.
0: Yeah, and that's a that's a great insightful uh, observation. That like the, the intensity was there. This I, I like you saying the sense of urgency. Did you see and, any loafing?
1: That it's year two in the system. You know, the players know what they're doing. They know yeah. what's
0: expected of yeah, them. Yeah, the expectations are too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I really didn't see any loafing out there. It doesn't mean there wasn't a guy here or there. But again, you can't see everything, but I saw guys going full force all the time, and the coach is demanding that. And in other players, you saw players getting guys' faces and encouraging them, urging them on to, to give their full out there. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely, that's a, that's a great takeaway. For me, uh, I'll go even more general. I just think across the board, we have better quality depth. Emphasis on the word quality. Did we have depth? Last year and the year before, sure, we had guys on the depth chart, and we had a two and three deep. Doesn't mean they were great quality. But now if you look at the depth chart, the two, the three deep, we have high-level players across the board at all levels of the positions, whether it's first string, second string, or third string. There are guys pushing each other. You can see the competition rep in and rep out out there. So that quality depth, I think it's going to pay dividends for us as early as this year. I absolutely do know. A lot of that quality depth is young, especially in the secondary. Um, man, is is everyone in our secondary in the two and three? Are they all freshmen? It seemed that way. When you're looking at LeCount, you're looking at Gibbs, Speed, Stokes, Breedy. seemed that way. but and So they're young, but those guys can play. They absolutely can play. So just that quality depth, I think you see, like you kind of alluded to this, just in general, more speed, more size, more depth out there than what I've seen in recent years out of this football team. So that was very encouraging to see. i actually seeing that in an entire practice. Uh, All right, let's move away from the general here into the more specific here. Let's talk about specific players for a few minutes. I want to start by identifying the players that stood out in in a positive way based on their play and also those that may have disappointed in this one isolated setting. But let's start with those who stood out. All right, give me a couple guys that, off the top of your head, here. Just kind of flashed you, stood out to you. All right,
1: for this, I'm gonna do one on defense and one on offense. Um, right. Offensively, um, I think I don't know you're gonna go with. I'm gonna let you unlock a thunder. i appreciate gonna, it. Appreciate. So I'm gonna go with uh, Bryce Ramsey. Um, you know, he's not expected to be the starter, and I don't, and I don't think there's any chance of him really to be the starter. But the thing was that, you know, most of his career, if you watch practice or anything that he's done, he's, his throws, you know, not really. He doesn't always throw a catchable ball, but at practice out there, I mean, he's really pushing, really competing. Um, He was throwing a lot of very nice balls that were, you know, catchable and allowing his guys to go up and make some plays, which, you know, it was impressive to see him actually do it. When, um, I don't know if most people realize, but he honestly hasn't done much since uh, the end of the season last year.
0: Yeah, he came and worked out with us in the spring a little bit, but not not on a full-time basis. He wasn't actually like a member of the team. He was just, hey, I'm coming out here to help. So, I mean, this first week of practice, I mean, I'm sure he's obviously participating some of the summer, but in an actual practice setting, it's been since really the end of last year, since he was in a formal actual practice setting. So, yeah, man, that's a great one. Uh, a lot of people wouldn't necessarily pick that one out, but um, I saw that as well. Ramsey, especially in the early parts, you know, when we were doing drill work before we got to the teamwork, when they're kind of throwing routes against air, you know, uh, or even one on ones. There were the cornerbacks out wide. He, his ball placement was fantastic I mean, he, he was throwing with great velocity the ball placement was there he was he looked as good as I've ever seen him now granted we've only seen him sparingly in real games uh, but going back to G days of previous years and when we've had a chance to see him play admittedly though it has been sparingly would you say this probably the best you've seen him look uh, without a doubt yeah I mean he like guys I'm not kidding like, he was putting the ball on the money in, in various throws, back shoulders fades. Uh, hitting dig routes across the middle, I mean, whatever it was, uh, smash routes. I mean, he was just killing it. I mean, not to say it was he was perfect, he wasn't. He missed a throw here, there. everybody, every quarterback's missed a throw here or there. But man, he was definitely putting the ball in the money. And, I, and we, you and I had a chance to talk about this a little bit after the uh, the practice. It looks like he. Uh, He's he's gonna put up a fight for that number two job. If yeah,
1: he really wants that number two job, a chance to actually get on the field, instead of just being that guy the entire time, just you know signaling and stuff.
0: Yeah, and you're right. As you said, first off, like he's not gonna win the starting job. He's not gonna be the starting quarterback coming into the season. He's not. It's just not gonna happen. But he has a legitimate shot to to lock up that number two spot. Uh, and based on what I saw again, as one practice, one practice that you know Monday's practice would be entirely different. It could be terrible. And I actually heard. Coming into the, to, uh, Saturday earlier in the week, he hadn't looked as sharp. But based on what we saw Saturday, um, he's going to put up a fight to be that number two quarterback for sure. All right, and on defense, who you going with? Um,
1: I'm going to go different. I'm going to go D'Angelo Gibbs. You know, he was in there with um uh, getting reps at almost every with every you know first second group. Every one of the groups they were in there getting him reps. And you know, the one thing that really impressed me was just uh, his physicality. And at the same time. When he, they're bringing him in to blitz from the nickel position, yeah. he, he
0: is quick. I mean, they, the linemen were having trouble getting their hands on him, and he just explodes to the quarterback. I mean, he's very quick off the edge. Size-quickness combination. Um, man, he looks – like, D'Angelo gives – I'm glad you brought him. I was going to talk about him a little later. But does he not look huge out there to
1: you? I mean, he does. I mean, he like looks in a like good a good junior. I mean, like – this I mean we've always talked about it. I mean, we have big five you know, two big time five star recruits and Lacount LeCount and Gibbs and you could there's I mean, not to be mean, but you look on the field, there's a difference between the two right now.
0: Oh, and clearly Gibbs and standing out. Clearly. I mean D'Angelo Gibbs just looks bigger first if he's listed I mean, it. And so
1: not only that, like you said, he looks bigger. I mean He's quicker, in my opinion, and he's his form. I mean, uh, LeCount is—he was having some trouble with some tackling, and you know, Gibbs is playing with great fundamentals and everything he's doing.
0: LeCount is a see ball get ball kind of guy. He's incredibly aggressive, and he will freaking hit you. He will destroy you. He wants to lay the the big shot on you. Uh, but that can also, like you mentioned, that can lead to some some technique issues uh, in terms of your fundamentals. But D'Angelo looks like—he's he's further along there. I, I think right And I think it's fair to say. Um, but it, he was a starter in the dime packages. Okay, he's right now he was the second team nickel uh, in the nickel in the nickel packages. Uh, but right now, as a, when we go to the dime packages and those obvious pass situations, he's the guy that comes in at nickel there because what we do is we slide uh, one of the linebackers outside Aaron Davis into that second linebacker role there. Uh, yeah, that was
1: one. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. But I do like
0: that formation. Yeah, it, well, we got a lot of speed, and a lot of. A lot of uh, athleticism out there on the field in the situation. So yeah, you know Gibbs again. I'm going back to I know I said this a couple times. Just just on the hoof looking at him, you're like, oh my god, that guy's a freaking freshman. He looks the part, and then you watch him play.
1: He's got reminds me of Alec Ogletree when he played safety.
0: Absolutely, that's a really good analogy there. Yeah, he does a lot. I can definitely see that in him. Uh, But he's got the size. When you watch him play. Like you said, he can stick with the bigger guys. Now, I will say he had some trouble with one of the guys that I'm going to talk about in a second here, but yeah. so, did, so did everybody. Um,
1: Everyone had trouble
0: right? Yeah, with Akil Crumpton, the new guy uh, from California, the JUCO. Uh, but you watch him play. I mean, it's not just an on-the-hoof kind of guy. It's not just like a Ben Cleveland who right now is just a guy who looks really good but isn't uh, doesn't always perform at a high level. Gibbs seems like he's got the full package. Now, he still has a lot to work on in terms of understanding the defense. You could tell there were, there were times where he, you know, there's some miscommunications, there some miscoverages, some miscommunications there. But again, considering. Yeah, he's
1: just getting coached up a lot, but I mean. Oh, yeah.
0: And, and guys, remember, really, it's, it's the first week of fall camp. Okay? Literally
1: their second day in Well, I mean, he had spring practice. But he had spring
0: practice, but still, but still, like, spring practice for a guy like that is just a whirlwind. Like, your head's just spinning. So, I mean, he does have a little bit of a frame of reference there from the spring, but. I think he's going to contribute heavily for us this year. I would not be stunned, and we'll talk about this a little bit more when we get to the DBs, if he's a starter by game one in the nickel package. I wouldn't be stunned. We'll dig into that a little bit later. But yeah, I'm glad you picked picked him out of that one there because I thought he looked really good. Uh, For me, uh, I'll give you guys one offense, one defense like Kurt did. Offensively, Curtis, I appreciate you not taking him because I was kind of raving about him. Akil Crumpton, man. Uh, Juco from California well he's been on campus for like a week right I mean uh, maybe slightly over a week Uh, we didn't know if he was going to get in you know he was a guy that if you remember back a couple weeks ago I think I was actually on vacation when this happened but he like tweets out that he's committed to Georgia but there's no confirmation on our end so it's like uh, is he really committed like what's happening here but basically he tried to get the test score and the test score came in obviously he was good to go and now he's out there practicing with our team and the guy was electric man was he not though was he not electric he
1: was electric I mean I, the one he's he's the exact same number and he plays a lot like Isaiah McKenzie. The thing that shocked me more, though, is I think he's faster than McKenzie. Yeah. I mean, McKenzie yeah. was really you know quick twitch, but he was not quick in the open field. I and I, uh, I know and it's that's easy to say that. Compton is different.
0: Yeah, I agree, man. Like I, I know it's easy to say that. Oh, well, this this is the new guy. So yeah, he's better than McKenzie. McKenzie's gone. Yeah, the, our new guy. He's the better one. I'm not saying he's better than Isaiah McKenzie. I'm just saying I, I think watching him play, I think he might – he's just as fast. Just as fast, but I agree with you. Might be a step faster, a half a step, a third of a step, a fourth of a step faster than McKenzie, and he's definitely got that quick twitch. I think he might be even more loose than McKenzie. Is that fair to say? Uh, Yeah. I mean, again, one practice. We saw this one practice, but it, I, w- I was blown away by it. And maybe a large part of that was because – I wasn't expecting that much, and I watched the receivers heavily because that's a position I'm concerned about. I watched the receivers and the offensive line heavily. Uh, I'm not concerned about, but I'm just curious to see if th- those guys can um, give us a little something out wide. And he was not a guy that I was looking for. I was looking for J.J. Holliman. I was looking for Riley Ridley. I was looking for Javon Wims and Terry. See what these guys looked like. But Crumpton was the guy that flashed me more than the other guys. Doesn't mean the other guys didn't. They all had their moments. They all look good, and I actually feel really good about our wide receiver core right now. But Crumpton just kind of blew me away because I guess he kind of came out of nowhere. But he definitely has that quick twitch ability, that looseness in space. He cuts on a dime. He does a really good job breaking or exploding in and out of his cuts. And, and it's, it's hard for guys to stay with him in the slots, particularly when you cannot get your hands on him in a press situation. So he's a guy 100%, I'm calling it right now, this guy is going to help us win football games. Whether it's in the punt return game in the slot, I, I don't know how much will contribute in the slot right away because that's kind of a we, we cut, it's weird, but we kind of have a stacked position there right now. You got Terry, I think I think is going to play in the slot more often than not. You've also got Miko Harper. Now you throw Crumpton in the mix. That's three guys right there. But there's only one there's only one slot position to go around. We don't get many four wide receiver sets now. It doesn't mean we won't. We did a couple times out there on Saturday, but that's not our base look. It's not something we're going to do extensively. But I think he'll get some looks out there. Uh, and you mentioned McKenzie. Like, okay, let's say. If you have been uh, hibernating for the past year, right, and you woke up on Saturday and you watch our team practice, would you have thought that? Would you not have thought that was Isaiah McKenzie out there? Yeah, I
1: could see that.
0: Yeah, you would. Like, you would not have had any clue because they're both diminutive in size, uh, wearing the same exact number, had the same skill set, play the same positions. He looks very similar to McKenzie. So I, I would like to see a little bit more out of him before I sit here say, man, he is going to be better than Isaiah McKenzie." I, I, I'm, I'm not ready to say that yet. I'm just saying. I liked what I saw, and this dude's going to help us win football games. And, and there's a guy that I, like when he committed, I mean, what was your – I was kind of like, huh, you know. But now I'm like, oh, okay. That's a hell of a pickup by Kirby Smart Company. I mean, they combed the nation, as Kirby said, trying to find a return man because we weren't comfortable with what we had at punt returner right now because we, did, we had some – I mean, guys like Terry Godwin, uh, maybe DeAndre. So those guys can be serviceable at that punt returner position, but they're not, they're not electric. Akil Crumpton has potential to be an electric punt returner a la – Isaiah McKenzie, uh, then defensively, dude. Like I, I, I'm sorry, I can't go anywhere else than Roquan Smith. Like he is going to be a monster. One of the thing's I tweeted out is, and I and I, I will stick by it. After watching him Saturday, seeing the, I mean, he was so good last year, but he's put on so much good weight. Uh, he, he's got so much versatility. Whether it's it's playing between the tackles, it's blitzing and, and pass rushing situations playing in space he can do it all and it's just hard for me to match after watching again one practice but watch him in this one practice that there is a better inside linebacker in the sec including the guys at alabama with sean Dion hamilton and evans i mean i just those guys are great they're really good but it's hard for me to imagine someone being better than roquan smith at this point in time am i, am I like am i just am i going up too up too far on a limb there with no, him?
1: I mean, every time he was he was in the middle of every single play
0: I mean, he, he he was rushing the passer a lot more than I've seen. Did you pick up on that? Yeah, especially through the a gap. We've done a lot of double a gap blitzing in some of those third down situations. When we were doing some situational ball, uh, so very interesting to see that. But I mean, he, he was he was a force at all times. He was he was making plays at line of scrimmage between the tackles. There was one play in particular uh, where he was one on one with Sony Michelle out on the right side of the line. Uh Sony gets a look a basically a swing pass from Eason and they're one on one. No one else out there. It's if he misses him, Sony is gonna get twenty plus yards. Maybe he can go for a score. But Sony couldn't do anything. Roquan ate him alive. I mean he it was either a, either a right at the line of the screen like a zero yard gain maybe a one yard gain, but absolutely ate him alive. So when you have that ability to play in space in modern day football, which is what Modern offensive football is all about is getting your playmakers in space, a guy like Sonny Michel, and letting him make plays, make guys miss. It didn't happen, man. And I know that's one isolated incident, but that's what I've seen from Roquan for a year plus now. And I just I think he's poised to break onto the scene in a major, major way this year. I think he's going to be a guy that nationally people are very well aware of who Roquan Smith is. I think he's going to be that kind of player for us this year. All right, uh, well, let's unfortunately move on to the other side, uh, the more disappointing side of this. So, Kurt... Who did you identify as maybe, again, I, I want to be fair here. This is one practice. I know I keep saying that, but I do want to keep it in context here. But in this one setting, who were some guys that maybe are a little more disappointing to you? I had two players that really disappointed me, and they're both on the
1: offense. First off, I'm going to go with Jeb Blazevich. Um, you know, okay. I know he's a senior and a leader on this team. And I'm not taking that away from him, but he just—he did not have it at all. At practice, um, you know. There's multiple. There's a couple times at one point where he just didn't even. He totally whiff on a block. Cheney just chewed him out and then took him right out. And you know, you could tell he just turns like, "Give me a tight end. He'll block more or less," and made Blazevich go off to the side. And um, that was a, that was a lot of Blazevich. I mean, he missed. He was not happy. He was not doing well blocking. And at the same time, one thing that's really—I mean—it's he is who he is, but he is—he is a liability in the pass game. A guy, he would, he's, you know, so he's so heavy-footed. Heavy he's foot. so I mean, heavy-footed. He, he can't create any separation. It's—I mean—some of those in those like 11 11 type things, you know, uh, where you want to go to your tight end as safety valve. Well, he has—he has no separation. I mean, you can't even go to him.
0: I, I agree. I and my wife, who is who accompanied, accompanied me to this practice, as she does with every game. She picked up on that man, and she she has great football knowledge. She really does. But even she was like, God, he's so slow. I was like, yep, yes he is.
1: And, and see, and that's the thing. I, and I'm not taking away what type of leader he is.
0: Since I mean, he does him. bring a lot to the table
1: from but, that but perspective. But the fact of the matter is he, is he is a liability on offense.
0: Well, I'll just say this. Athletically, he cannot match up to the other guys we have at, on the roster at tight end. Right? I mean, it's as simple as that. He just can't. Well, yeah, but I
1: mean, even last year, as a junior, I mean, most of those guys are freshmen. Sometimes they miss blocks and have trouble, which is understandable. But as a junior, he was missing quite more blocks than should be expected.
0: Yeah, I think he does a pretty good job. But honestly, most of the time, from a blocking perspective, I think he has a good understanding of how to use angles. He's not the most physically intimidating imposing kind of guy, so he has to use angles and technique. But you're right, he does (laughs) – but there are those moments, and you're exactly right, where he just flat-out whiffs. It happens. It's like either
1: And, and, and it's honestly in the worst times too.
0: Yeah. No, it, it happens. I mean I'm not gonna sit here and defend him in, uh, on that front because it, it does happen. I do think he does a good job the majority of the time yeah, from that perspective. Harder. I mean he does do he a plays right. hard, yes, he does. Yeah. But you're right. I think then, at one point look he got he was down with the, getting a lot of work with the twos. I'm not sure I,
1: Yeah, I honestly didn't see him get that many reps after Cheney pulled him out. yeah Cheney was just, you could tell Cheney was just Well, he frustrated. got he got
0: reps, he but he was down the other end of the field with the twos. He wasn't working with yeah, the one ones. Getting them with the first team o. Oh. Yeah, so I and, and again, one practice, don't know, don't want to draw too many conclusions, but I think it's a fair question right now as to whether or not Jeb Blazevich is going to be a starter to open this season. No, I mean right now I don't especially know. Especially most of the uh, drills you saw Warner and uh Nada getting the main reds. Yeah, I mean Warner Nada just they're they're just athletically superior to him. I know they don't have as much experience. I know they don't. They're not from a leadership standpoint. They're not where he is, uh, and probably even from understanding the system. Oh, well, I don't know. Understanding the system. They both in the system. They've all been in the system for two years now. I know Blazevich has been in a college system, not this college system, but a college system. Where there is some things that there are some things that translate. So maybe he has maybe a, a more of an understanding of, of offensive football. Maybe, but athletically. I mean, it's no contest. It's just no contest right now at all. And I, I will, The other guys weren't perfect either. Not at one point. Did you hear when Kirby exploded? Yeah. I mean, and dropped an F bomb. I, mean, I was sitting by the press box in the club seats because my wife didn't want to. I mean, God bless her, did not want to get uh, in the sun and want to have a seat back. And I get it. it. Was it was nice and shady up there. Um, but I was up there, and I could clearly hear what Kirby was saying. And it was uh, it was rather profane. Uh, and it was directed to Isaac Nod. I think he. I, I couldn't quite tell what went on. There. I think he missed a block. Um, but he was, he was not thrilled, but yeah, uh, I'm with you on Blazovich. I like the guy. I really do. He's the kind of guy you want on your team, right? You want a guy like that on your team, but he just, uh, he just can't match up athletically with some of the other guys. I I don't, it'll be interesting to see what his role is as the season progresses. Yeah. All right. And and um, you said one more guy? guy?
1: Yeah, one more guy. I'm gonna go with uh, Daishon Sims. I mean, it, it was just a, it was a, sh- it was
0: a joke watching. Um, I, I would go with a uh, disaster. Would be the word I would
1: choose. I mean, it it was it was in- embarrassing, honestly. I mean, I know it, the biggest thing is you know some of those freshmen we'll talk about later. You know, they they were they were getting you know work too. But the thing is, I mean, that's their literally. We'll go back to it. it. Was only their second day in full pads with full contact. They're still trying to get to the speed of the game and everything. Sims is, I think, what a fifth year senior now, and it, yep. it was it was terrible watching him. I mean, Ledbetter ate him up.
0: He had no chance against Jonathan Ledbetter. He had no chance against anyone, really. I mean, yeah, I mean, he no chance. It, it, particularly speed rushes, which, which was I was somewhat surprised surprised with my perception of Sims throughout his time in Athens. At this point, was because he's primarily played guard. He's played some tackle. He's primarily played guard, and he's the kind of guy, kind of like uh, Brandon Cablano, who plays on roller skates, who gets pushed back in the backfield. Uh, but seeing him out there at right tackle, he was getting eaten alive by speed rushers. He he could not stop anyone on the edge. They were just running by him with impunity. Like he couldn't get a hand on him. I mean, it was just I, I, man. It was it was highly concerning. I know it's just one practice, and I like I said earlier I don't want to draw too many well, I mean, crazy I, conclusions. I know but, it's
1: one practice, but
0: this has been his whole right. We is, exactly, and that's you know. And somebody you know, it was a fair point. I was I mentioned that on Twitter that the offensive line I was still concerned about, and somebody's like, "What? Well, you can tell that from one practice?" And okay, fair point. But again, like you just mentioned, this is not a, an isolated setting. I, I've seen these guys, most of them that are in the starting groups, with the exception of Kinley and Pat Allen, I've uh, seen these guys for years now out there on the field. So it's not just seeing them in one practice. What I was looking for is to see them take another step, to see them improve. And I didn't see that. I did not see any improvement from what I've seen from them in previous years, which has been lackluster. So, yes, I was concerned. And I know it's one practice, I, I readily admit that. But it was, I'm mean, at, it didn't, there was nothing there to assuage my con, my concerns on that offensive line. I, and for my disappointments, I have Sims listed here as well, um, and I have one of his other offensive line mates on that first unit, and that's Pat Allen as my second guy. Yeah,
1: uh, he was definitely,
0: definitely the, there too. The, the, he just, he's, in no way is he an upgrade from what we had on the interior last year. Are, are you in agreement with me on
1: that? Yeah, I really am. I mean, I'll get into it more on the offensive line, yeah. but you know, I, he, he was—he's got to go.
0: Like, it's just like the what was the issue we had last in the offensive line? Clearly, we did not have the size, the girth inside and, to and move and the sad people, thing is, he and was, he can't do
1: And he's getting pushed back. And Trent, Trent, and he was a lot of the time he was going against Trent. And people like that. And Trent didn't have a great practice. But and when Ledbetter was against him, oh my God, Ledbetter made him look like the kid was playing youth
0: football. It was bad. It was bad. I, and Yeah, we'll get into it more in the offensive line here in a minute. But he just right now is not – he's just not equipped to fix the problem we had last year. The problem we had last year is we didn't have the size up front, at least on the interior, to move the interior of the defensive line to create running lanes. We didn't have it, and Allen does not solve that issue. And maybe right now he's the best we have. If that's the case, holy crap, we're in trouble. Uh, I mean, it just and I know the young guys are young and they're probably not ready. Again, this is like what we said—the second day in practice, in full pads. Those young guys aren't ready yet, but by God, they need to get ready fast because we're it, it's gonna, we're going to struggle again to run the football at least as well as we we want to run the football if Pat Allen and Dyshawn Sims are starting players for us and they play significant snaps. That's just based on what I've seen. That's my interpretation. Hope to God I'm wrong. I, I really do, but right now it, it's I'm I'm definitely concerned there for sure. All right, let's run through a position by position look here. Just talk a little bit about each position um, before we get out of here today. We're going talk a little bit about quarterback. We're talking about Bryce Ramsey. But let's start with the quarterback position. What did you see from Jacob Eason? Um,
1: it was hard to see a lot on 11 11s because, as we'll talk about, the offensive line was terrible. But the one thing I did notice in general and stuff is that uh, his decision making seems to be a little bit better and he's throwing a better ball.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the ball looked better out of his hands. Uh, I, again, it's hard to tell, um, without seeing a little more up close, but I thought his release was a little quicker than what it has, but I think he's shortened that to some degree. Uh, I did the ball look better coming out of his hands. I mean, he clearly has the strongest arm of the three, I think. Uh, Ramsey would probably be number two, but I think Eason's got a, he's got a crazy strong arm, which we all know. Um, but his ball placement was really good. He seemed more in command out there, understanding where to go with the football, uh, I like what I saw. The accuracy was much improved, and, and that's not yeah, there surprised me. Times that,
1: that that if a ball wasn't completed,
0: it was his fault. Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, think about all the times last year where guys were running wide open down the field. And he just couldn't. He didn't hit them, and he didn't put the ball. And that was. That was all on him. But that did, that wasn't the case. He didn't complete every pass. He had to throw quite a few balls away, as you said, because the offensive line in those third and third down situational uh, segments of the practice. Uh, he was getting a lot of pressure, especially up the gut in the A gap, and had to roll out. And I think we were working on some rollouts too, as well. There's what it looked like, couldn't hard to tell, but it looked like we were working on that. But get a lot of pressure in his face. Receivers weren't always in separation. He had to throw the ball away quite a few times. But uh, in a continuation of what I saw from him in spring practice, I, I did. Remember, I know I've said this a couple times, but I got a chance to see not just G day, but also the first scrimmage of the spring. And in both those settings, I thought when he was given time, his accuracy was significantly improved. And I saw that again. Saturday not perfect by any means no but I think I still maintain that he's poised for a, a a big step here in year two I saw nothing to kind of make me back off that claim on Saturday what about Jake Fromm uh, you guys all know I have a major man crush on Jake Fromm what did you see from him
1: um he started practice off a little rough but I think he got more comfortable as more he warmed up um the one thing I did notice that you know I mean we knew his arm wasn't as strong as Easton I was a little shocked at uh, there were some times where he just hit – the ball floats a little bit with him. And I think as he gets older and gets a little bit more used to things that that won't happen as often. But there were uh, – I mean, he was picked off three times. And the one well, thing
0: one of them off was off. not his fault. I mean, it was batted down. Keon, Keon made that great play well, yeah, where he bats my, it down and picks the it the off. The two but other yeah. ones – Were horrible I mean, decisions. That, one,
1: that was the Aaron Murray pick too. You got to think about that. Yeah. Um, th- that reminded me of Aaron Murray, That Keon – bat down, but other than that, the other two were balls that just floated.
0: Well, but other than that, one, I mean, he did, they were both both those both those picks were very uncharacteristic, terrible decisions by Jake Fromm. And one of them was in the end zone, and it was atrocious. Like he threw it right to like three defenders huddled around each other, like a terrible and I mean, he decision.
1: Threw it to a guy who had been looked terrible the entire practice, yeah, in the
0: in the middle of the end zone too, which is you know not uh, That's obviously where a lot of traffic is. Yeah, Eric Stokes, by the way. Uh, if you're going to throw the ball like that, throw it. Throw it to the sidelines. Uh, yeah, side and table, I'll but, go know. back to
1: Easton real quick. said so that, one thing that I did know about Easton too is that he was throwing balls where if his guy didn't catch it. No one was. Yeah. and that was a little bit different. You know, as we're talking yeah. about from where if you got to throw it to where you can't throw it to the inside, you always got to throw it to the outside. Where if your guy doesn't catch it, it's incomplete. Uh, but I mean, he, he, you know, he had a little bit of a rough time. But at the same time, he made some good throws and uh, made some great
0: throws in eleven eleven sessions. Some great yeah, throws. Uh,
1: well, the one thing that really helped too was. I mean, we'll talk about it later, but people like Eric Stokes didn't really do a good job of holding the receiver, you know, making the receivers work.
0: Yeah, Stokes has got a long way to go. But we knew that coming in, he was going to be a project. Great athleticism, but, uh, NBA project. But, he,
1: but still then I mean, he threw some catchable balls. I think um, he had his up and downs. I mean, that, I think for, for Essex, what I expected for a freshman.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, let's, I think part of the issue with the criticism of Easton last year was the unreal expectations placement. I think pe- based on what Fromm did on G-Day, People are going to when he shows the whole Bulldog Nation what he can do. I think expectations he might have raised expectations to an unrealistic level on himself there, and I think people might expect too much out of him. I will say this: I've seen Jake Fromm uh, in quite a few different settings through the years. I've seen him seven on sevens. I've seen him in live games in high school. Uh, Obviously, watched him at the Army All American game. We didn't go there. We watched it on TV. Uh, Watched him a little bit during the spring. That was the most inconsistent performance I've seen from Jake Fromm. I know it's only a practice thing. It's not a game setting. But he was more consistent than I've ever seen him be. Yeah, um, I mean
1: there was times especially just in the 7-0-7s, I mean he was just he
0: was throwing the ball five yards out of bounds, not even giving his guys a chance to catch the yeah, ball. Yeah, there were some really uncharacteristic things. Like when we, were, when we were doing Pasquale, like you mentioned, like there was one throw in particular I think it was it was just a it was a quick out. It was a it was not a difficult throw. It wasn't across the field, it was from the middle of the field, it wasn't from one hash to the other side of the field. It was from the middle of the field and a quick out, maybe a ten yard out. And he, like you said, he overthrew the guy by, like, five yards. Like, wasn't even, like, not even close. Could not catch it. I'm like, that's, and that's just very uncharacteristic of what I've seen from Jake Fromm in the past. But, like you said, there were those moments, but there were also moments where he, where he was like, where he was the, wow, this guy is going to be a stud. I mean, you saw those moments as well. I saw, you know. Up close some personal reasons why I have a man crush on Jake Fromm. And, and he you, you can see the leadership out there. Even the guy, he's not going to be the starter this year. But you can see him encouraging guys on, being a leader out there, being vocal. You can see that. Uh, and, and I also like the fact that when he made a bad throw, he didn't let it kind of uh, stack up. he he throw it away and say, okay, you know what, this, that was that was a bad throw. Let's go on to the next play. Let's get it done. Let's do it right. Because he did—he definitely recovered, as you, as you mentioned. Once we went on to the 11-on-11 work, later in the practice, he looked much sharper. It was weird. During, it was during drill work where they're kind of throwing on air. I mean, we were going in 7-on-7 in, uh, in the pass, Kelly, where he wasn't as sharp. He wasn't as sharp early. But he kind of got into his groove and went to the 11-on-level. and he was throwing bombs out there, putting – I mean, great ball placement through a touchdown down the right sideline, about a 40-yard touchdown pass on the right sideline. I think he hit Mecole for a touchdown. Uh, he hit Matt Landers for one touchdown. He hit Matt Landers again for what should have been another touchdown – but after he had burned Eric Stokes, but Landers just dropped it went well, right through his hands an easy touchdown. Just dropped it. Um, so he looked really good at 11 on 11. But there were there were ups and downs, uh, which I'm not always. That's not what I've always seen from Jake Fromm in the settings that I've seen him in. But uh, still, nothing. I didn't see anything that would discourage me from thinking this guy can be an elite quarterback. Did you? No. Yeah. yeah. Down the road, I, I'm still very high on Jake Fromm. The man crush is still very much in effect there. Uh, all right, let's move on to the offensive line here real quick. Uh, we mentioned this a little bit with Pat Allen and uh, Daeshawn Sims. Give me a little bit more on your overall take on our offensive line.
1: It's as simple as this: the guard, or the right guard and center, were the only ones that, to me, did a good job. But all, both tackles and the left guard are a huge problem. I think the both we're gonna tackles. We yeah. have to do something about those those three main positions.
0: I still would say Sims was. Far worse. I'm, I'm. far more concerned about. Oh yeah, he was far worse here. than
1: Win. But Win also. I mean, he got. He got
0: worked. You know, just as much. I mean, not as much as. But Sims it wasn't was, great. It wasn't a great look.
1: Yeah, he, he. I mean, not. Not for the senior. He's supposed to be. Um, but I mean, those three positions we've really got to do something about, but, um, Galliard, I thought did a great job. I and mean, when we talked about it. Trent didn't do a ton and I don't know if his hands still trying to get into things or if Gelliard was just doing a decent job, but you know, I thought Galli- there wasn't a lot of push from, you know, against Gelliard. So I- he did a decent job. And, yeah. um, Kinley he-, he may have messed up a few reps here and there, but for a majority of the time, um, uh, he was one of the few bright spots.
0: I, I really liked what I saw from Solomon McKinley, And I liked what I saw from Gilliard too. Uh, he, uh, he was, look. It was a, it was an imp- was an improvement of what we saw from Cabano last year. At least in this one setting, uh, he he was not getting thrown back in line of scrimmage. He wasn't getting significant movement up front uh, at the center position, but it, he was at the very least holding his own.
1: Yeah, a lot to see. Uh, for those who didn't come, we didn't. In most of these scrimmage settings, we didn't do a lot. There was maybe like five runs out of fifty. There
0: was very little like, in the football. Yeah, very yeah,
1: little. So they very they very rarely ran the ball. But you know, I thought pass blocking wise, he did very well for a center.
0: Yeah, and going to the back real quickly to the running the football thing. I think again that was obviously it was it was by design. I'm not sure how much that was Kirby wanting to put on a show for the fans. When you talk about G Day for the past few years, he's he's openly said we've thrown the ball a lot more than we've run it because he wants to put on a show for the fans. Fans want to see points score. They want to see you know the ball in the air, and he did that. Uh, so I, I don't know how much of it was of what we did Saturday was a function of that, or maybe it was just part of the plan. You know, one day you have a pass every day. And it, or one day you have a run heavy day because we did I mean it really was very. I mean when we went into 11-on-11 11 11 work it was all situational stuff whether it was third down work we did goal line for a minute or two we didn't do much goal line there uh, but maybe it was just situationally where we were trying to put the ball in the air but there was, you're right there was not a ton of run the football early on 11-on-11 11 11 work but not much after that um, yeah I, I really liked what I saw from Kenley he wasn't perfect but there was one rep in particular I mean he stoned Trent Thompson absolutely stoned him on one. I mean, almost pancaked him. I think if they hadn't blown the whistle, he would have pancaked him. He had great leverage on Trent. Um, so he's the kind of guy that, that we need up front. He's a guy with great size, that is more of a scheme fit for what we want to be along the offensive front, to be able to that downhill running attack. I liked what I saw from him. I liked what I saw from Gilliard. Pat Allen was... Uh, he's just not going to cut it, man. Him and Dyshawn Sims for sure are not going to cut it. Isaiah Wynn is going to play somewhere on the offensive line. I, I don't know where that's going to be right now. Um, a lot of that's going to depend. I don't the coaches don't know. I think a lot of that depends so much on the young guys, right, on like how they develop. Yeah. Because, for for instance, let's say uh, Isaiah Wilson or Andrew Thomas are ready. Okay? If, if one of those two guys are ready to take a tackle spot, well, then maybe you slide Wynn or maybe you slide Dyshawn Sims inside. Or let's say maybe uh, – Justin Schaefer and notoriy Johnson. They showed they're ready on the interior. Maybe we decide to move Ben Cleveland inside, which I still think would be a good look. Um, if they're ready, then maybe you keep Win on the outside. It, it really just depends on how these young guys develop, and we just don't know that see, right I now. I want to touch
1: on the young guys for a second. Um, yeah. You know, they got quite a few reps. Um, I didn't Absolutely. see. I didn't get. I didn't get to see a ton of um, Andrew Thomas just because the side of the field we were both sitting on. Yeah. Um, but Isaiah Wilson, the one thing. Um, you know, he's still trying to get used to the speed of the game. You can definitely tell. Um, the one thing he did a decent job on, though, was guys rushing to his outside. Um, you can see that's a difference in him than, like, a Dyson Sims, where he's got, a, you know, a bigger body, longer reach, where he can put his hands on those guys and just push, keep pushing them out. Yeah. Um, and he had a little trouble on the inside, and I don't, you know, I think that was maybe him working on his feet. And At the same time, I don't know how much it was. Um, I saw Notori Johnson struggle a lot.
0: Well, he's, uh, yeah, yeah. He, he he's got he's got everything it takes, but uh, right now he's not ready.
1: No, and I and see that's why I think he's got the, the skill set of to of do inside, it. Just not ready right now. There is a lot of miscommunication between the two. Yeah,
0: absolutely. There, there no doubt was. And just to give you guys a heads up on what the offensive lines look like: the one, two, and three. We know the number one unit, uh, the number two offensive line. Uh, you had. At left tackle, you had Demarcus Hayes, then you had Kendall Baker at left guard, I think it was Sean Fogarty at center, Alden Bynum at right guard, then Cleveland at right tackle, and then the third unit, which was essentially the all-freshman unit, you have at left tackle uh, Andrew Thomas, left guard, Justin Schaefer, center I think it was Thomas Swilley, right guard was Notori Johnson, and then of course right tackle is Isaiah Wilson. And there the was one no, thing
1: that surprised me about the uh, sets were though is that uh, when it was the number two offense going against the number two defense, that you actually saw the number three offensive line in there.
0: Yeah, that was that was interesting as well. So there was not a ton. There actually, I did not see any intermingling of the units. I didn't see anybody from the number two unit work with the number one. I didn't see anybody with number no, one. I was surprised, with, but yeah, you yeah, right. I didn't see any of that. And I think that's because it's so early in the in the fall camp right now that we want to give these guys a chance to do. That. I think within the next week or so, you start seeing some moving around. But I did not see I – mean, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying I didn't see it happen. I didn't see any guys from the threes getting work with the ones or guys from the ones moving down with the twos. I didn't see any of that. I didn't see Bing Cleveland with the ones. I didn't see Isaiah Wilson with the ones. I didn't see any of that. Um, but, yeah, I will say I thought the number two def- the number two and the number three offensive lines got better movement and, and protected better against the number two and number three defensive fronts than the number one offensive line did against the number one defensive front. Did you notice that as well? Yeah, but, uh,
1: I mean – I also gotta say the pass rushers were a lot different than sure. Lorenzo and people like that. Yeah, had, and then even led better. Um, Keon is a career reserve.
0: Although he was, he, he looked pretty good, man. He's a career reserve. reserve he's, he's a good. Reserve. He's a good depth piece. Yeah, he's a good. But, depth I
1: mean, piece. He, he's not gonna come and make an impact compared no. to what uh, what you saw from the upper class.
0: No, field. not at all. Uh, but, but let's try to be fair. To the offensive line here for a minute.
1: No, but they did a better job with the group protecting from, definitely.
0: Sure, they definitely did. But let's be fair to this first-unit offensive line here as much as we can. How much of their struggle, I, again, I, I think you're with me, right, that they struggled. It, it wasn't a great look. How much of that was a function of our front seven, or is it really just that our offensive, our starting line right now is just not going to be able to cut it?
1: You talk about the starting offensive line? Yeah.
0: How much of their struggles was based on our front seven just being that good?
1: I think it's 70-30 with their, our, our offensive line is not that good. Our D line, I'll say 60-40. I think our offensive line is not good enough. Our D, I think our front seven is going to be really dominant. And at the same time, you know, you and I talked about this, it helps that the defense practically knew they were going to pass every time. And they, they we, the defense knows all the line calls, all the out, the routes, everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that absolutely helps. And that's why it's so hard. When you see these things, when you see a GA versus Georgia versus Georgia, it's so hard to really gauge what we're going to look like in a real game because you're right. okay? When we're going in third-down situations, 11-11, they know our routes. They know our cadences. They know all that. They understand what we're trying to do. They under- They know the, the strengths and the weaknesses of our offensive linemen. They, they get all of that. Um, so it's, it's, it's just hard to tell. And I will say our front our front seven is going to be nasty this year. I think I, If I have any concern defensively right now, it's in the secondary just because I don't know if we have elite players out there right now. Um, but our front seven is going to be downright nasty. I, I firmly believe that. I and mean, Lorenzo Carter has bulked up tremendously. <laughs> he he looks the part. He was flying
1: all over. I mean, he was everywhere. he
0: he looked really. I mean, he was one of those guys I, I almost mentioned in my uh, yeah, guys that stood I did too. out
1: too. He he, him and Ledbetter and yeah. Rupaul and Atrés were the four that really jumped off. Yeah, the yeah big they big.
0: looked really really good. So I I think part, a big part of the issue was our front seven. It's just really good, and they see these guys you know day in day out in camp. So it's it's just hard to tell, but. I, I, we'll move on with the offensive line here in a second. I'll just say this. My concerns about this offensive line and if we're going to be able to improve, because I think we have to improve up front. Uh, clearly we have to. My concerns about whether or not we're going to improve were not staged at all by what I saw. Uh, I don't feel much better. And I'll say this too. I don't feel comfortable with our offensive line as it's currently constituted. As it is currently constructed, I don't feel comfortable. doesn't mean we can't make the necessary changes and improve up there. But with the guys that we have in the first unit right now, I'm not – I can't sit here and say – I want to say I'm comfortable with it. I just can't sit here and say right now that I am. Are, are you kind of with me on that? Oh,
1: no, Dad, I don't even think the coaches are okay with that. I mean you could tell Pittman uh, was just
0: demon. Yeah, he he absolutely was. I just – but what is the is, what is the fix? So if 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 you and I, I mean, are both one thing not, is
1: we got to get, and that's why I think we saw what we saw. You know, I think, or when I made that comment, how the number three offense line composed all freshmen. were taking the reps that you would have seen the number two line take because I think they're trying to get them as many reps as they can because they they have to be the guys that are do it because I think the first line those all those guys are have reached their their peak. Um, yeah, they are who they are, and I think another thing is at the same time too is. You also have to make these young guys earn it. Um, Like, I mean, you saw with Eason, uh, even in the first game, Lambert started over him. It comes with game two that he started. You've got to make these young guys earn – make make them earn it.
0: Yeah, you have to. You 100% have to do like you said they did with Eason last year. I think – I I am of the opinion that for our offense to be as good as it needs to be for us to win any sort of title, whether it's the East or the SEC or whatever – some of those young guys, at least one or two of them, are going to have to be ready to start for us to contribute significantly yeah, at least they early have to on.
1: more of the tackles, in maybe even Demarcus Hayes, yeah. um, one or two of them, be. and they're going uh, to have to Maybe you move in and guard or something, but yeah. someone's going to. We're going to have to have a tackle or two step up. And I,
0: and I can't sit here and say that they're going to be ready. I'm not ready to predict that. I can't say who it's going to be because I haven't seen enough of them right now in a Georgia uniform. But based on what I saw from the one unit, for us to be as, success, as successful as we need to be offensively and to make a big jump on the offensive line, or at least a decent jump on the offensive line, one or two of those guys are going to have to be ready. They have got to get ready. Now, saying that, who do you think of the new guys, who do you think is probably going to be the most likely, based on again what we saw in one practice, but who looks most likely to be ready to contribute early on? Um, I think it's going to be between Wilson
1: and... uh... Thomas, you know, I didn't yeah. get to see a ton of Thomas, which I can't say a lot about him. He's he looked like, very
0: athletic from what I saw. Yeah,
1: Wilson looked athletic too, um, you know, the one thing that especially on the right tackle, you just got to be able you can't let people go around you. Um, I think like with a guard like Kinley, who's got some experience, they can work on the inside moves, you know, right. that thing. But his you can, just can't stop his long body and how quick he is to stop these guys from going around him. Where people like you even saw with Pike last year, who who was a little too slow and his arms weren't long enough to you know keep the guys off.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I I liked what I saw from Isaiah Wilson. Now again, it wasn't against the cream of the crop there defensively for us, but. I thought he played with solid technique. Uh, you can The strength is obvious. I mean, it's yeah, clear. when he gets
1: his hands on people, like it's over. when they were doing some running drills, yeah. when he was getting his hands on those guys, it's they over. were three yards back.
0: Yeah, it, it's over when he gets his hands on. Now, he didn't get his hands on everybody because his technique is still a work in progress. But if he can clear that up and, and just learn what to do, he's got he, – physically he can play, he can start fresh right now. Because a, a one of the issues with offensive linemen starting as true freshers is oftentimes they're not physically ready to play against grown men in the trenches in the SEC. But that's not a problem for Isaiah Wilson. For him, it's just going to be mentally, can you can you get the playbook down and can you be good enough from a technique perspective? And, and I saw some positive signs. It wasn't perfect at all. He didn't always get his hands on guys. When he did, uh, it was game over for those guys. It was absolutely game over. So, I think one of the tackles, either him or Thomas, as you mentioned, probably odds on favorites to be one of the guys who are of the young guys to be ready. But I can't sit here and say right now for sure he's going to be ready. I, we need him to be. We do. I just, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. All right. Let's run through a couple more of these real quick. All right. I had a question about Ben Cleveland real quick. Somebody asked me about this. I want to make sure I, I um, hit on it real quick. What'd you see from Ben Cleveland?
1: Um, you didn't get to see a lot from him, to be honest.
0: Well, he was with the two unit, uh, which was largely down that far in the field. They didn't make their way over to, uh, what was it, the east side of the field or closer to where we were uh, some. But he was with the twos. Does he? You, did he look like a guy that can contribute for this team?
1: I think a guard, yes.
0: That's what I'm saying, man. Okay, look, I, look, those coaches see these guys practice in and practice out. They know far more about football than I will ever know, and I typically always defer to them. But I just don't get the Ben Cleveland at tackle thing. I don't get it. I think he's a made, a perfectly made road grading guard, okay, with his because his, his obviously his strength is his strength, his size and his strength, and that's what we need. We need size and knee strength on the interior. He's a, He would seem to be a perfect fit for that. Now, I know he doesn't bend that well, and that's been his, one of his weaknesses for a while. He doesn't have great uh, ankle flexibility. He doesn't have great flexibility in general. doesn't bend all that well, but... He doesn't have the foot speed to play tackle, left tackle clearly. I don't think he has the foot speed to play right tackle at this point, from based on what I've seen. I I, I think he would be a a much better fit at a guard. Um, but didn't see him play guard, and he, he was there some la- a good bit of the time last year, but moving back to right right tackle in the spring, and it looks like he's going to stay there for now. I just and the, Pittman, man, I defer to him, but I just I have to. That's one thing I just I I wonder I'm curious there. All right, let's move to running backs real quick. What you see, like we mentioned, warden, we didn't run the ball a ton. Uh, in it this didn't particular see much. Practice. Many
1: of the running backs other than
0: Swift. Yeah, it was a lot of. We saw some balls being caught in the backfield. Uh, I saw Elijah Holyfield bust off about a thirty-yard touchdown run at one point. Uh, but again, that was against,
1: Holyfield and Swift look better than Harriet.
0: I absolutely did. I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I was, I'm of the same opinion. I think Holyfield. I think Swift looked better than Holyfield outside of. Chub Michelle I mean, we didn't see Chub Michelle that much we we saw them in passing situations a little bit in those third down situations, 11 on 11s but not much actually carrying the football I saw Sony carry the ball a couple times I saw Chubb maybe two or three times maybe actually carry the ball um but Swift he, he like he's as advertised you know in terms of his his agility his quickness and I and watching him in high school I knew that he had he, he could run between the tackles I was not prepared to see the power with which he ran did you see the, him truck Jarvis Wilson
1: yeah, he made Jarvis
0: look foolish. It, it, it was basically just a between the tackles run, like basically an iso is what it looked like. Jarvis comes up from his safety position. He was playing deep safety. Comes up, didn't bring his feet, uh, and he flat out got run over by DeAndre Swift. the Swift he's, he is somewhat diminutive in terms of his height, but he's not a small guy. You know, he's sawed he's, he's off with a short dude, but he's thick. And he runs with a low center of gravity, kind of like a Maurice Jones Drew, I guess, is what you could compare him to, to a degree. But he can run with power. He's a bowling ball back there. And he's got outstanding hands. Did you see him drop a pass? I did not. I did not. Nah, he's. I think definitely gonna be a weapon uh, out of the backfield. He lined up in the, A lot of our running backs lined up in the slot. Uh, in the slot, I saw him, Sony, Harion. I didn't see Holyfield or Chubb in the slot. But I saw the other three in there. Holyfield looked very good. Um, I'm still high on him. I just don't know if that much. Is, I think we're recruiting over him and Um If you think about guys like DeAndre Swift and Zeus coming next year, maybe James Cook if he jumps in the fold. But I, thought, I did think he looked better than Harry, and that's just me. Um, but yeah, that's what I saw there from the running backs. Wide receivers, tight end groups here, I had my eyes on them quite a bit. What did you see from them?
1: Um, I saw a, a lot of the freshmen making. They got to learn routes.
0: Yeah, they're clearly a work in progress, which would be at, especially the newcomers, guys like Mark Webb, Matt Landers, Trey Blunt. Just from the technical standpoint, they've been on campus or they've been in, in pads for two days. And have been in practice for what a week, so that's clearly going to be an issue. Um, uh, but I was very satisfied with what I saw from our re- receivers. Were
1: you, yeah, especially Matt Landers? He made some nice plays,
0: yeah. And I wasn't expecting, honestly, of the, I, I was very in- intrigued to see the freshman receivers. He was a guy that I wasn't expecting that much from, but he looked good, man. I mean, he was really tall, really skinny, really lanky, almost like a Fred Gibson looking dude out there. Got Marlon Brown's number 15 on, but. Uh, he's not the fastest guy, but he's got really long strides, so he eats up a lot of ground. He's almost all leg. Um, they go get the ball at the top top of the route, obviously made a couple of big, pe- couple of nice catches um, vertically down the field. Liked what I saw from him. Looked like Mark Webb was the one getting some work with the ones. Did you notice that? I did. Which I was definitely somewhat taken aback by, but I I want to preface that, or I just want to you know put throw this out there that. I'm not sure how much of it was that a uh, function of Webb really impressing this point, and the fact that JJ Hallman got hurt at the very beginning in practice. So, like, I wonder, has JJ been the one getting the work with the ones? But then he got. It looked like he hurt, may have hurt his knee. I'm just speculating there. He was doing some running on the sideline on the in the end zone with the trainer. Look, like he had some sort of wrap on his right knee. I don't know. He was running fine. Um, maybe a little bit of a limp, but he, it didn't seem to be too serious. But he was out for most of the practice, so I don't know if that was why Webb got slid in there. Or maybe Webb has just been impressing this first week. He was wouldn't work there regardless of what was going on with JJ Holloman. But uh, he looks good, though, right? Like his body.
1: Yeah, he does. I mean, it's, he definitely looks not like a true freshman.
0: Yeah, he looks about six two. He's got a he's got good size there. It's definitely nice to see a different body type in the number eighty one uniform than what we had with Reggie Davis. I think he's a guy that's going to make some plays for us this year. I don't know how many, but I think he'll, he'll definitely contribute. I think J.J. Holliman will, too. I didn't see him yesterday. I was hoping to, but based on what I saw from spring, I'm still high on him. Um, so, yeah, Webb is getting some looks there. The first, the, the number one wide receivers out there uh, were Ridley, Wims, and Terry Godwin in our three wide receiver set. I did see Webb out there quite a bit. I saw Akil Crumpton get some looks in the slot with the ones. He was working mainly with the twos, but he did get some looks there. With the twos, I saw mainly uh, Jason Stanley, Miko Hardman, Matt Landers. Uh, Chigbu was there. I think when we went to a four wide receiver set with the ones, Chigbu jumped in there. Um, but uh, I liked what I saw from those from those positions. I feel really good about wide receivers. I know they had, there's not much in the way of proven talent there in terms of production. Uh, Terry's probably the leading guy returning in terms of overall production, and that hasn't been that significant. But I really like the talent level of that position. Did you happen to see Tyler Simmons' injury? No, I did not. Yeah, I, I saw it happen. Uh, he went up for a catch. It was an outstanding, outstanding catch, kind of a whirly bird-type catch where he turned around, uh, caught the ball in the air, fell down, uh, and he landed on his stomach. It looked like he might have used his wrist to brace his fall. And it's reported that he does have some sort of wrist injury. We don't know how serious it is, but you could tell immediately something was wrong. He was on the ground there for a second, and something was wrong. Uh, which sucks. If, if it's serious, that's not a good thing because I think he's poised to do some things for us as well. I know he was working with the threes before he got hurt, but I really like what he can bring to the table. He's one of those guys that can get vertical with his speed. But I'm really high on what we have with the receivers. I know people are going to sit here in the offseason and say, well, Georgia's receivers are a question mark, and I guess until they do on the field, that's true, but I think they will definitely answer that question. Uh, defensive line, we talked a little bit about this. What did you notice from the defensive line?
1: It's about as uh, as
0: expected. Yeah, Trent was – uh he wasn't spectacular. Uh, he wasn't dominant. But that's kind of been Trent's MO, you know? Like he can be dominant anytime he wants to be, but he isn't always dominant, you know? Uh, and today, yeah. or Saturday was one of those days where he just wasn't dominant. He had his moments, but he just wasn't dominant. Led better, as you mentioned, looked fantastic. Um, I like what I saw in Malik Herring when he was hit with the threes. He's definitely a guy that can help us uh, with that five-technique body type. Uh, saw some good things there. Um, try to think else on the defensive front. Tyler Clark, I thought looked pretty dang good. John John Atkins held up really well at the point of attack. Really, we when with, they didn't run it much. When the first unit did try to run the football, our first unit front seven was was almost in, I don't want to say immovable, but pretty pretty dang close to it there. Uh, Mikael Carter did not practice. He was in pads without a helmet, but he was on the sideline watching. So some sort of injury there. I'm not sure exactly what was going on there. But he did not practice. Uh Daquan Hawkins Muckle looks like he's put on he's lost a little bit of weight. Uh, looks like he's moving around a little bit better. So I like what I saw there. It's a pretty good looking defensive front. Um, David Marshall, I didn't see I, I, I texted you at one point if you had you seen David Marshall. I didn't see a ton of him. I finally found him a little bit towards the end there. He looks solid. He's doing some solid things out there for us. I think his guys definitely he contributed a lot last year started for most of the year. I think he'll definitely be a body that can do something for us at that five technique spot as well. Inside linebacker, we talked about Roquan and how just freaking beastly he was. What else did you see from the inside linebackers?
1: Um, Trez was looking really, really good. Um, he was flying to the ball, but one thing I found very interesting was, um, especially when you saw Georgia go, um, no running back, they would take Nate Trez out, blitz Roquan, and then keep, um, Aaron
0: Davis in at the other inside linebacker. Yeah, it seems like we feel more comfortable with Roquan in those dime situations, but that's our dime package essentially. Uh, and Roquan in those situations Was blitzing heavily Particularly through the A-gaps I don't know if that was just Because we were working on His install for the day Or whatever we were working on But there was a lot of that um, I liked what I saw from Natrez And I'll say this I, I, as, a, as a run-stuffer We know what Natrez can do, can do That's his strength But I was very impressed With him in coverage Did you notice that as well? Yeah,
1: he was actually Covering pretty well um, Really well That's one thing Like you said, there's
0: yeah, he was staying in – he stays in the nickel situations. Uh, and he was matched up against tight ends, and he did a really good job against the tight ends. There were a few guys in the slot he got mashed up on, that which you, what you would think was a, a mismatch. But uh, he did fairly – he held up, held his own there. There's one play against Terry where he deflected a pass. I thought was really well done. Uh, Crumpton was making everybody look silly in the slot because nobody – they just couldn't stick with him. But I really liked what I saw there. Um, Jaden Hunter is playing inside linebacker right now. Uh, was his dad's old number, 88, um, which I thought he might end up playing outside linebacker, but he's definitely working inside linebacker linebacker right now. Uh, he looked he looked pretty solid. Uh like what I saw from him there. Uh Nate McBride, number twenty two, is what he's wearing out there. He, you can see the athleticism dripping off Nate McBride. Um, but but he's like all the other young guys, still a lot to learn, head kind of spinning. Monty Rice kinda of same way there. But I, I and Monty really,
1: Rice was the one he had a lot of trouble, especially for someone to have been here in the
0: spring. Yeah, he uh, yeah exactly I was expecting him to be maybe a step ahead but man, he
1: was letting him have it multiple yeah.
0: Kirby Kirby lit into him multiple times absolutely and uh so that was that was interesting to see there but I'll say this man our depth again going back to my overall takeaway the depth at inside linebacker compared to where we were last year are you freaking kidding me it's not yeah, even close you, 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 we didn't it,
1: Reggie Carter I don't think I saw him take any reps
0: zero I did not and I was watching the ones close I did not see I saw him take zero snaps Reggie Carter with the ones zero not to say he doesn't at some point but I did not see him take any uh, but think about our depth this year compared to last year. Like, when, when Natress was hurt last year, obviously Reggie Carter had to come in and be our, our, our um, tag teammate there with Roquan. When when Roquan or Reggie had to go out, we were bringing guys like Johnny O'Neal and Ryan Rankin into the game. Those were our, our top backups. Jawan Taylor, Tay Crowder. But now this year we've got Monty Rice, you've got Nate McBride, you've got Jade Hunter, the, the the upgrade in quality depth is just absolutely obvious. It's crazy. Uh, outside linebacker, real quick, what'd you notice? Um, you didn't see much from Bellamy, but saw a lot from Lorenzo. Um, Keon
1: made a couple nice plays. Um, you could tell Beals is still a little out of it, trying to get comfortable. But he looks athletic. He
0: looks. He looks yeah, he the looks
1: part. Incre- I mean, especially
0: a uh, very uh, quick first just step.
1: Just even watching him in drills, you can just see his athleticism.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, uh, DeAndre Walker is a guy that we've kind of been hard on in the past in terms of not making much of an impact at all since he's been here. But he, he his body has been reshaped in a very good way. Do you notice that? Yeah,
1: it yeah, has. I just want to see it last. I mean, how many times, not just him but anyone in general? You see, like Kirby even
0: made a comment about Lorenzo last year came to weight or came to uh, fall camp at a good weight and left at a bad weight. So we got to yeah. see. Um, yeah.
1: I want to see what
0: happens. But he's, I'd say he's twenty pounds heavier than he has been any other year right now. And, and,
1: yeah, it's, it's, I mean it's also about time but he's finally put on some weight which he needed to and hopefully he'll keep it and uh, if he can it'll make him a better player
0: yeah absolutely um I uh, you mentioned Lorenzo I think this guy's poised for a huge year his body looks great he's put on some bulk my wife is another she's she's I had a man crush on Jake fromm she has a crush on Lorenzo Carter uh, particularly his calves for whatever reason' she uh, weird I know. Uh, probably too much information there. But uh, even she was like, man, he looks so much bigger. And I was like, yeah, he's definitely bulked up. And he clearly has. And like you mentioned, he's all over the place, playing with great energy. He was getting after the passer a lot better. and uh, He's, you know, worked with Chuck Smith some of this off season, getting uh, some private coaching there. And I'm, I'm hesitant. Uh, I've been burned on, on Lorenzo before. Cause you guys, if you listen to the show for a couple years, you know, I've, I, for a long time, I've said his, his physical upside is as high as anyone on our football team, but he just hasn't tapped into it for whatever reason. Um, his yeah, he's, he, he's kind of relied on He He's tried to rely on speed. He's got to work on converting speed to power better, which I think he's he, – he's I saw a couple moments where he was flashing that uh, on Saturday. So I, I, th- I. he looks like he's poised to become the Lorenzo Carr we thought he was going to be from the get-go. I just – I'm cautious there because I've been burned on him a little bit before. I'm, a, I'm in wait-and-see kind of mode. I see it when I believe it mode with him. Um, think about outside linebackers, outside linebackers. look Gwins was getting work with outside linebackers. Um, did you know okay, I – I couldn't hear exactly what they were saying out there except when Kirby went off a couple times. You could hear it loud enough and clear enough. It seemed at one point that Devin Bellamy – Kirby, I know, got in his face and he immediately went off the field and was like gesticulating to – it looked like a graduate assistant or somebody. I couldn't quite – I didn't didn't recognize who it was. But he was gesticulating, kind of complaining about something. It seemed – and from that point on, I did not see Devin Bellamy work with the ones at all. You know what I'm talking about? Did you see that at all? Oh, I didn't. Then again, I didn't see him do much. All right, but did you see him working with the twos a good bit for the second half of practice? I just didn't see him coming. Yeah, I, it seemed like he got demoted. I mean, and guys, if you're not familiar with how practice work, you can get fired. I mean, My coach used to always say, you're fired. And that didn't mean like you don't, you're don't you never playing that spot again. Just been like, hey, get the hell out of here for the rest of the day and we'll start fresh tomorrow. So it looked like he got demoted for at least – the second part of practice after getting uh, catching the ire of Kirby Smart there. So I did not see him work with the ones much at all after that while he was working with the ones prior to that point. So I don't know, just a little something I observed there. Uh, Deepens of backs here, what stood out to you?
1: Um, not too much. I mean, it's about the same
0: old. Yeah, I mean, look, we're, we, have a, we have a lot of steady players back there with Dom... Uh, with Aaron Davis, with Malcolm Parrish, DeAndre Baker. But the question remains in my mind with those guys who are returning. Yes, they are study. Yes, we can trust them to know what to do the majority of the time. But are they elite players? I don't know if I was convinced they are yesterday, were you? No, not at all. I mean Parrish was I mean I, I know you you and I differ how we look at Malcolm Parish. At one point I thought he I thought he stuck on the receivers really well yesterday, but there was one point I think it was Terry Godwin. He was matched up with I think it was Terry uh, down the right sideline, uh, there's a jump ball in the end zone, just man-on-man there, and um, oh, yeah, Terry, just... Terry, it, it, it wasn't it not offensive pass interference, it clearly was, Like
1: I, well, they, it was, they were both
0: pushing they was jostling, the and Parrish got pushed down, and so Terry gets the pat, gets gets the touchdown, Parrish was looking for a flag, I, I was there, I probably would have called the flag there, although I've always leaned to the defense, since that's what I played and coached, um, but uh, yeah, I thought he looked pretty good, but I don't know if we had anyone dominant there. Like we said, D'Angelo Gibbs was working with the twos and in the nickel package is what it looked like. Okay, so we had uh, Aaron Davis, who was the safety last year, and the nickel package. He was our starting nickel, and J.R. Reed was back there with Dom Sanders as the safety tandem. When we went to dime packages, Reed stayed back there as the safety. Uh, D'Angelo Gibbs came in and w- it was inserted at the uh, nickel back, whereas. Aaron Davis, as we mentioned, was moved over to the second linebacker spot and as Patrick was taken off the field. We saw a lot of blitzing from that nickelback position. Uh, a lot a lot of we were working a lot of pressures there. It was interesting. A lot of creative pressures we were getting on guys and a lot of games where we were working up front. Um but that's kinda of how it looked there. Richard Count was working mainly with the twos. I don't I didn't see the count game with the ones all, did you? Nah, but and I'll say this about count. I, I do think I'm, i am just kinda recap what we said earlier. He is a little bit behind Gibbs, I think, right now, but he he plays with great aggressiveness, very very fast. He is a completely see ball get ball type guy, and he wants to hit you, he wants to hurt you, uh, and uh, he'll take you to the ground. I and mean, everyone's taking everybody to the ground, but he was taking people to the ground. So I really I think his future is still very 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 bright. He was shadowing Dom Sanders almost everywhere. I think he's going to be the heir apparent to Dom uh, after next year. And that's pretty clear right now. Things go according to plan. Um, Amir Speed. That dude was huge, was he not? Yeah, very, very long. I mean, you hear he's 6'3", you see that on the roster, but he's every bit of that. Like, there's no exaggeration. He was every bit 6'3", very long. I think he's a guy that has a very, very bright future for us. Eric Stokes we mentioned, uh, number 41 out there, working along, uh, I guess the opposite of speed. He was getting, uh, he, he he was struggling, let's say that. The um. well,
1: one thing that got me about him was that he was getting beat speed-wise, by receivers, and that was supposed to be
0: his fault. It's the trail technique. He, he clearly was struggling with just simply how to work the trail technique. Because uh, he's got he's got great speed, and he's got track-level speed. But you're right, guys are getting behind him, which is like, how does that happen? When your greatest attribute is your speed. But we knew he was going to be a project coming in, and the good th- thing is he's not going to have to tr- contribute right away. He'll be in the 2 or 3D, but he's not going to be expected to contribute heavily right away. I think speed's going to be that first guy off the bench, probably. Uh, Tyreek McGee, um... Yeah, you know, he didn't stand out to me. Did he? What about you? What did you see from him?
1: I didn't see much from him
0: at all. I was expecting to see a lot of him in the in the uh, nickel spot. I didn't. See, I saw him get, maybe get a few reps there, but that was primarily Aaron Davis and, and D'Angelo Gibbs, in, in, in my view there. Uh, and then I guess in terms of is D'Angelo Gibbs gonna get that starting spot? I think going to come down to this: who do the coaches feel more comfortable on the field? Because Aaron Davis is probably gonna be on the field somewhere, either whether it's gonna be nickel or safety. So it's gonna be. Is D'Angelo does D'Angelo Gibbs on the field give us a better chance to win, or is J.R. Reed having him on the field? Does that give us a better chance? Because because Davis can go back and forth between either position. So if Gibbs can prove that he's more valuable to be on the field than J.R. Reed, then I think he could take over that starting nickel spot and you move Aaron Davis back to safety. Or maybe maybe Aaron Davis doesn't see the field. Maybe Gibbs and Reed prove they're both, they're better than him in, in both theories. I don't know, but. It's kind of what we saw there. Latavius Green, another true freshman, is working at safety. I did not see him working at corner at all. I saw him at safety. William Poole was running number 31, working at corner. Uh, pretty, he, he looked pretty solid, but he's got some work to do, clearly, like, like all freshmen do. All right, and last thing here. Um, or, did you have one more thing on the DBs? No. Yeah. Okay, punt returner, real quick. What did you notice out of the punt return? We worked that towards the end of practice. It's going to be Crumpton. It's going to be Crumpton. Um, we saw a couple of guys working the punt return, uh crumpton was he was when we at the end of practice we were, we were working on punt returns crumpton went out first uh then terry godwin was doing it second and then willie erdman um weird i i don't understand that did that throw you for a loop yeah like walk on willie erdman was the number three guy getting uh, reps at punt return and then we worked in uh me hardman who just – and even my wife, and he just – his electricity, just that that burst acceleration, she was like, whoa, the first one he returned. He just kind of hesitated for a a second then burst. It's just – I mean, that's unbelievable. That's a rare gift to have. And then we also saw DeAndre Swift return a couple. Uh, So I think we have some options there, but I think it's going to be and That's why we brought him in. I think hands down right now I'd be very surprised if he is not returning punts game one uh, against Appalachian State. All right, guys. That's all we have for you here today. I, I'm sure there's a lot that we missed. Um, when you're trying to watch the whole practice, your head just spins. So if there's any other questions that you have about guys that we didn't bring up, that you're curious about, definitely hit us up on Twitter, at Gloria underscore UGA. We'll definitely um, answer any questions that you have. We did our best, hopefully, uh, to be as comprehensive as we could. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it, got something out of it. Again, disclaimer, it was one practice, but we definitely want to give you our observations from this one particular practice. So. Uh, thanks for listening. We always appreciate it, guys. We really do. For Curtis, I'm Tyler. Check back with us later in the week. As always, guys, go dolls.